Welcome to another episode of Politically Entertaining. I'm Frank here with Byron. And Byron, I'm so excited to be back on the show. We have so much to get into. Before we get into all the news, politics, and everything else we talk about, let the listeners know why they should be listening to Politically Entertaining. Well, we have an election uh, year coming up next year uh, in about 11 short months. So that's one of the reasons. And for those of you, like I always say, don't pay attention to politics on a day-to-day basis because it can be boring and just downright uh, just puts you in a bad move at times with all the divisiveness. Uh, You come here. We give you a quick hit of the points and important topics. We try to hit you with. We try to make it a little entertaining, hence the, the name of the show. And uh, we, we keep it moving, man. We also cover some pop culture and social issues or whatnot. So go back and listen to any of the old episodes if you haven't. Uh, I think this is going to be a short episode today. No guests. So you just got me and Frank today. And before we get into the actual politics of the show, Frank, uh, just real quick, because uh, you and I, we've been to a concert together. We saw Bruno Mars. Very entertaining guy. Loved his performance. Are you a fan of Lizzo? And I ask that because she's a very, very talented woman, just like Bruno Mars, maybe even more talented when it comes to being able to play uh, individual individual instruments and things. Um, She's very entertaining when she performs. So are you a fan of hers? And have you uh, been checking out any of her performances lately? I'm going to, I'm going to say, no, I I really, um, I, I, you know, I've heard of her kind of on the periphery. I don't don't listen to her music. I have heard good things about her. Um, I haven't really had an opportunity to ever see her perform other than, you know, say a video or something um, that was, you know, on YouTube, but I've never sought out and said, Hey, let me check out Lizzo uh, performing. But, um, you know, I don't have anything negative to say. Everything I've heard is, is, is pretty positive. Okay. I asked because, she was getting a lot of flack from a basketball game she went to a couple of weeks ago. I think it was the Lakers game. And she got up and was twerking, and she had on, like, a long T-shirt with the back of it cut out, wearing a thong, and, you know, everybody was giving their takes on how inappropriate it was or how we were – some people were body shaming her because she's a big woman. And I just wanted to get your take on is it possible to – criticize something like that without it necessarily being fat shaming. Like, can you say, Hey, that's in poor taste. And I'm not just saying that because of the size or do you think for the, for the most part that that's what's going on when someone that's not of the, the quote desired body type does some of the things that she does uh, at public events. Oh, there's there's definitely, I mean, there's a, we've talked about this many times on the show. There's a lot of, um, misogyny, fat shaming, things we do to women as men just in general, right? But then the public as a whole, mm-hmm. obviously the whole, um, you know, we, we, we fat shame, even though we have the most obese country in, in the world, we fat shame. Yes, we are. Uh, merc- merciless, mercilessly, I can't even talk, but I, I put it like this. I remember when, I don't know if you guys know who Kate Upton is. Um, she, yes. so, yeah. You know, she had an incident, not incident, but it's like, you know, she's very, she's, she's not a big one, but she's well endowed in certain areas. Right. And so mm-hmm. she got famous basically from doing the Dougie, like kind of provocatively. And obviously it's not the same as twerking, but what I'm saying is it was looked at completely different one, you know, there's a race c- component in there. And, I, and and like I said, it's not, it's like, we, we're very judgmental in this culture. Like if, if she had been 
Taylor Swift doing the same thing at the game, people would have been like, oh, that's so cute, right? And and, and I and and I and I just think that there's something about the that that we don't like, or there's something in America we haven't reconciled about blackness, and certainly big blackness at that. So you know, that's too much. Oh my gosh, you shouldn't be doing all that. But you know, let some skinny white girl do it. It's like, hey, that's okay, that's cute, right? And so I'm not saying the exact same thing in what Kate Upton did as what Lizzo did. I'm not saying that at all. Somebody's listen listen to this and say, look, he's comparing, saying no. But what I'm saying is the perception is different. And so we have to be honest with ourselves and say, why is that? Why do we why do we have those moments where we look at something and we judge it unfairly? I mean, to me, it shouldn't even be a story. Like she got up at a game and she twerked. So what? Like, was anybody hurt? Did anybody die? Like, well, you know, Ken John said, did, he, did you die? Like, what 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 is the story i guess other than the fact that she's a larger woman but does that make it more provocative does it make it more sinful you know like it is what it is right like i don't know i mean i don't i don't, I don't know if i'm answering the question but i just think that she certainly shouldn't have been shamed for it um if she was and we do have a problem as a culture as a society certainly in america with body shaming uh people for sure so on a different podcast, I gave a slightly uh, uh, dissenting uh, point of view on that. But I will I do agree, as I said, on that podcast, I do agree that she has uh, every right to, you know, wherever she wants to wear and that the reaction would be be different on on some women. Like I said, that has the vote, quote, desired body type. But for me, in my opinion, I, I do think she does the most because like a couple of days after that, she was like in a Wendy's restaurant doing the same thing at the counter. Like, um, like if you follow her on social media and I don't want to say the same thing over that I did on other podcasts, but if you follow her on social media, she does do a lot for attention seeking, but I think undoubtedly there was some fat shaming in it and that shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. Like if you had a problem with what she did, you got to have a problem with if anyone else uh, does the exact same thing. So, uh, I just wanted to get your take on that, man, because it was uh, definitely like a little popular topic a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I got to give my man Frank's uh, point of view on that real quick. But uh, let's get into some more serious stuff. Let's start the show. Listening to Politically Entertaining, your Cliff's Notes to American Politics. And now your hosts, Frank and Byron. And we are back. We've been gone for, I think, about, feels like about two months now. So we wanted to hit you with this quick episode before we end the year 2019. Uh, I believe we started this, we started this, what, Frank, in 2016, the beginning of that year. So almost four years now. Somewhere in 16. Yeah, so yeah. almost for you. We've done our own presidential turn with this show now, political yeah, entertainment. Pre- so. pretty, pretty much. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and, 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 it's, and it's crazy just that you said that because, you know, and and, and, I, and I thank you, the listeners out there, if you listen to this, like I said, you can check out this episode, any episode on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Pod, Podbean, 
just continue to support us there, subscribe, give us a rating. But I just thank you for listening to the show, allowing us to grow. You know, I know that my understanding and my opinions of things have changed uh, over the time of, of doing the show and interacting with people. And so I thank, you know, everybody who's ever commented or participated or, or provided a different viewpoint. So I'm thankful for those those different uh, people we've interacted with and people who have supported the show during this time. Definitely, man. And just the many guests we've had on, man. So uh, the first thing I wanted to get on real quick, man, uh, everybody's talking about it. Uh, you can't turn your TV on without hearing about it. You can't get on social media without seeing anything about it. Uh, for just the third time in this nation's history, this country has impeached a president of the United States. The first was Andrew Johnson. The second was Bill Clinton. And now Donald J. Trump has been impeached. And according to Politico, uh, the majority of Americans agree with the impeachment, despite what you might see on Fox News. So I saw something that was interesting to me that, okay, so the, the news cycle has been telling us how he's been impeached. But I read that officially he's not impeached until the, until the House of Representatives send that impeachment to the Senate for the trial. And until they do that, he's not officially impeached according to the Constitution. By now, I know many of you who didn't know before that impeachment does not mean automatic removal from office. I know some people were taking the light and correcting other people. Sometimes, folks, you can just correct people without being a jerk about it. Just say, hey, you can, that, you can use that moment to teach instead of belittle. Uh, so by now, I'm sure you guys know that. But I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So I mentioned that he's not officially impeached into the House of Representatives Senate to the Senate. And I read where Pelosi is delaying that process. Uh, so I want to talk about that and her shrewdness in doing that. And why do you what do you think is up her sleeve? Because I've heard a wild theory, a theory that I don't believe in, but I thought it was interesting. And I don't know all the rules behind it. But someone was saying that. You know, what if she held holding over, uh, sending over the impeachment to Senate until after the 2020 election in hopes that the Democrats will take over the Senate? Because because we know right now this Republican led Senate is not going to remove him from office. But if she held it kind of like how Mitch McConnell did with the Merrick Garland Supreme Court nomination when Obama was still president, he held that seat open until after the election and Trump got elected in that seat. What if she held it, Frank, until hopefully the, the Democrats took over the Senate and then sent it over and would have a greater chance of removing him from office? I wanted to get your thoughts on something that's probably not going to happen, but what do you think about that theory, that theory and the shrewdness behind that thought? So, so there's a couple of thoughts I have behind it. Uh, one is it's not out of the realm of possibility for her to do that. But the only thing is, is that conceding the fact that Donald Trump is winning the 2020 election? Because is, is my thing is, is there value in, let's say you do win the Senate and you'll say you win the president, let's say they win it all in 2020. What is the value of holding the impeachment then? Yeah, you could impeach him ex post facto, but he also didn't get reelected. So it's like, what does that really do if he comes to term and you, he doesn't get reelected? It's only a, part of my pun, a Trump card, if in fact <laughs> you're worried about him getting reelected, but yet you think you can flip the Senate, then you could come in 
on a fresh election and just not and impeach him. But she'd also have to worry about how that looked of, you know, kind of even though the Merrick Garland thing was certainly bad and, and tasteless, it's going to look worse just from a president standpoint to be like, basically, you're trying to hold this over and try to knock him out um, any way possible rather than trying, you know, to, to organize the base and get vote, get him voted out. You just have a way to basically, you know, it's almost like his, his, he doesn't have anything other than his rallying cry. And I think holding the impeachment over with all his, the people that I'll say is about Trump, his supporters are his supporters. And if, if they hold over this thing of, Hey, you know, they're trying to impeach me and they're going to get me out any way possible. Like that builds that case. Um, so I think that, you know, what the Democrats need to do outside the impeachment is produce a candidate that can win in 2020. It's like Donald mm -hmm. Trump is not a popular candidate. I get it. I know, I know that he lies about his approval ratings. He his, his but, but he has a, as they say, a very, he has a low ceiling, but a high floor. And so that's, he, he, his, his support is not going to wane, but he's not going to really get more. The question is, can they produce a candidate that, can you know garner support and win because if you win the election you don't have to worry about the impeachment because we're talking about this is less than a year um so if you don't think you can get him out through the senate then you don't really have anything right and if you're holding it in the hopes of a year from now we're just going to impeach him that's going to get ugly i mean it's just i don't know I, I i i don't know that i think that they should use the shame of the impeachment to bolster their party and their candidate to, to, you know, win the office. That's how I think they should play it um, and not worry about the actual removal from office. I think uh, realistically what, if there's any reluctance on a part, it may not be any reluctance at all. It's just, it's kind of like a lot of guessing, but if I had to like just, like just wildly guess, you know, why she's being reluctant, that's not what I would choose. What I would choose is that, cause you know, it's going to happen. If it goes to the Senate, and, you know, he's acquitted. That's what he's going to, uh, you know, you know, run around screaming. I was acquitted. I was acquitted. Just like with the uh, the Mueller report, you know, like he, I was acquitted, which isn't true. But that's what he gets to say to his base. And it won't even be about the impeachment. It'll be like the Democrats impeached me, but I was acquitted of that. I did. So that proves I did nothing wrong. And I'm sure well, I'm not sure, but I would I would think if I had to guess, like I said, that could be part of the hesitation that she just doesn't want to give him that rallying cry for 2020. And I'm not even sure what the time frame is. I don't even know if she could hold the impeachment that long. I think she could. I guess she could. But I think you brought up a good point. Like you're, you're conceding that he's going to win. And even though the Republicans did something similar with a completely different branch of government, at the end of the day, you you know, you're stupid to their level. You're being petty. And for someone who said that this isn't about politics, this is about the Constitution, because they didn't like rally any of the members. She let each member decide on their own how they wanted to vote. They didn't try to twist any arms. It would definitely be a 180 if this, if this was her plan to withhold the uh, the impeachment. But again, man, just the third time in this, in this nation's uh, history. So it's pretty historic. I know everybody's been talking about it top to bottom. And, and, and Frank and I, I just wanted to put our two cents on this on it. I want yeah, to go ahead. One, I want to add one more thing. And I just want to say that we, we cannot normalize a president being impeached, whether or not he gets removed from office. And I know that people are arguing back and forth. It's not a normal thing. You can't 
you can't like getting it. In fact, it only happened three times in history shows you that this is a serious thing. The other the other times were Nixon. Am I correct? Nixon. And you had Clinton. And now well, no. you have Nixon. Did, Nixon it, resigned. It was. Right? Uh, yeah, it was Andrew Johnson okay, and Clinton sorry about because okay, Nixon. Nixon knew he would have gotten right. removed. And he, okay, and so okay. he just retired. Okay. Yeah. So I, I apologize. So Johnson, Clinton, and now Trump. So it's not a normal occurrence. And the, the, the allegations around why he was impeached is so, those things just don't even, you shouldn't even be, you shouldn't even be, we shouldn't even be normalizing those things. Like, I think, I think that's a, we're playing a very dangerous game. So I just wanted to kind of say that, that we cannot normalize an impeachment. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a supporter of Trump, you voted for Trump, not here to demonize anybody. We're not going on that topic. I'm just saying you have to look at the thing, look at history and say, this is not the normal course of things. We can't do this. We can't do this like that. So that's, that's it. So I think I've mentioned this before, uh, but it came up again a couple of weekends ago. And that is, you know, I, I, I definitely don't just, Flex it. Don't put a done limit and say the president is racist. But I will say that there are very there are a lot of people who do feel that way, and I will go as far as to say that he definitely has said some racially charged things throughout his time as a politician. And with that said, I remember when we had Erica Perkins, who's now Erica Cooley, we had her on the show, and she flat out asked, or it might have been when we were on her show, but uh, she flat out asked us, you know, at the time. Uh, has 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 white supremacy been emboldened by the election of Donald Trump? And actually, I'm incorrect in all of that. She was asking were they emboldened because we had a black president in office. So I'm incorrectly quoting her, but I want to use that same premise and ask you, with a president that many people feel at the very least, least says racially charged things, and at the most, you got some people that say he's a full-blown racist and every opinion in between. Do you think that white supremacy has been emboldened? Because I'm sure you heard about the Army-Navy game by now. And during the pregame, some of the students were throwing up allegedly white power signs. And I had to look this up. I didn't know this was a, considered a white power sign. But uh, that's what's being alleged. And if that's true, it, is it because we have a guy in office who many feel, you know, gives that cover of, hey, it's okay to be racist. Like, that is the opinion of a lot of people. Is that what's going on here? Do you think it's just young kids being silly, trying to get some attention on television during a live broadcast? I mean, I do think you can't count discount the foolishness of young people to try to get on TV and things like that. So I'm not discounting that. I don't, you know, I don't always like to play the race card because I think that that's not always true, but here's the problem, right? I think the normalization of things in, in the majority culture is a dangerous thing where people say, well, I'm not a racist, but, but then the same people would say that Trump just tells it like it is, but Trump's homophobic racist rants, telling it like it is, that seems, for somebody who's a minority, some of the things he said um, in the past and, and currently, you know, has said is offensive to me. So I think that there is a tinge of at, at the at at minimum insensitivity to your fellow countrymen right like we shouldn't be uh, we shouldn't be doing things where we are we're trying to disrespect groups of people and think it's okay because hey they whine too much or they complain too much it's like 
let's not forget the dark history of this country and how a lot of things happen. Like, I guess, I guess it's funny because people get mad over symbols, yet I guess when you think about a couple of things, right? Like, it's funny how people are more mil people, and this is black people too, they have a more negative connotation of the Black Panthers than they do of the, say, police. And we all know the police was started out of, you know, basically was 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 a white supremacist thing the police right and i'm not saying slave catchers right so what i'm saying is when you have something with an evil root in it then what where did the root die where where was the evil tinged out that's why you see all these police shootings now it's not because people say oh there's some good cops yeah there are some good cops but the root of why policing was invented is evil Right. Not saying policing is evil, but the root of why in this country it was invented the way it was, was evil. So then you continue to manifest evil out of this. You know, what I'm saying a good tree can't bear bad fruit. At the same time, a bad tree can't bear good fruit. So you're seeing that manifest over and over again, things like this. So when you see things like this, people joking around, making these symbols. Yes, there could be some kids joking around, but the thing is, those who are in charge, those who understand the history of this country, have to nip that in the bud. Have to nip that. In the, they have to cut that off of the root. They can't say, "Oh, these are kids being kids. It's not a big deal," because that's how you pass down that you're 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 in the privileged majority where you can do whatever you want. And if people don't like it, they're just whiners. They're just complainers. What are you whining about? You live in this country. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things that we haven't reconciled in this country is that. There, there is this mindset that the Europeans have done the African Americans a favor, and 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 the truth of the matter is absolutely not. And that's not to say that there aren't some people who have not gone all in and died in the Freedom Riders and and, and died in the march, you know, different civil rights marches, and and still are marching to this day and doing things. I'm not discounting that, but what I'm saying is we have a large problem where we where we 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 have normalized, hey, for the most part. Black people should be grateful, right? Like they complain too much. It's it's you know it's just like what Malcolm X said, and he's like, hey, after a while they'll have you sympathizing with the with the oppressor, and that's really and <laughs> yes. that's really exactly where we are right now. We have normalized these things. Ha ha. You know, I bet you what if somebody had turned a black power sign on there, they would have turned the camera off really quick and been like, we don't we don't know, we don't we denounce that, we don't we that's that's divisive. It's like Okay, but because it's like, oh, it's kind of they're just being boys, being boys. It's like, hey, man, um, Dylan Roof was just a boy and he shot nine people in a church. So let's not play around and act like these things aren't real. And I think that's the biggest problem is it's not about, you know, being too sensitive. It's about not taking things seriously because we've seen the other side of it. And so to act like it didn't happen and act like it's not a big deal um, to me, that's that's a privilege. Right. To do that. And we talk about that. And. And, and like I said, so, you know, I, I think that the Army, you know, Navy game, the officials in charge of that, they have to take care of those things, right? They cannot allow that to be like, hey, we, you know, we think it's a joke. Yeah, it might be a joke, but you also have to make sure those kind of things are not appearing on TV and you're not normalizing them. Because somebody's watching that who's impressionable saying, huh, okay, yeah, you know? And so, and so, I think that's important to to know what we're fil letting filter into our, our our young young people and showing them that it's not okay. We're not going to tolerate um, anything that defames another class of people. And I think that's something we really have to uh, focus on. Very very well said. Um, <clears throat> from what I've seen, man, there's been very little coverage on 
on this also. But my theory on that is because you mentioned the police, the police and the military are just two groups of people that uh, I think the media is very, very hesitant to criticize. And so I would venture that's why there's been so little coverage on it. Um, like I've heard it mentioned like the day and the day after it happened and then really virtually nothing else since then. And my thought is because it's the military and they don't want to criticize them. For Trump, you know, I mentioned that, you know, he said these racially charged things and people view him that way. And I said, you know, since he's been a politician, but it kind of started before he was a politician, you know, his criticism of Obama and all presidents get criticized. But it has such a racial tinge to it, like trying to delegitimize him and, and say that he wasn't an American. And he led the birth of movement and lied and said he had people in Hawaii finding all types of tremendous things. And, you know, nothing ever came of that. Obama showed the birth certificate, which to this day, I think was an embarrassment that a United States president had to do it. Just so happened to be the first black president that had to do it. So you can call that a coincidence. But and, 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 and this guy still hasn't showed his tax returns. I just want to say that the, exactly. First, exactly. the first sitting president that I, I'm not going to say ever, because I don't know how long back this practice goes. But I don't know. That you, I don't know. Right, I don't know that you can go back. To, I mean, I'm not I'm not old enough to remember past Ford or, you know, whenever, you know, like maybe going back there. I'm pretty sure those guys, you know, he, he basically broke all the rules coming in and potentially going out. Question, like you said, questioning a sitting president, um, making making racially tinged remarks. He he claimed that um, Central Park Five were still guilty after they had been acquitted. And, you know, just throwing those yes. things around. That, those, those are things that people don't understand are dangerous things. Those are not true. Because you know what it comes down to? It comes down to people coloring the truth and saying, oh, well, you know, they were guilty and, you know, they might still be guilty. I guess they got out on technicality. It's like, no, they were innocent. They weren't even there. They didn't do it. And, and there was somebody else who, who admitted to that crime. Yet these men wore the stain and still do wear the stain, not with the just not with the time of loss of their life, but just, you know, the fact that people still haven't fully exonerated them and and, and things like that. And so I think that we have to do a better job of recognizing that, you know, these these statements and these things are are power. I guess when I, I guess what I'm saying is the reason why it's a big deal to to I, I take it as and I'm gonna get a little off track here biblically, right? So we all say mm -hmm. if you read the Bible, it's 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 known that you know God gave man dominion over the earth, right? And so God has created the earth through speaking. Right. And that's what it says. And so we say that through his word, the world, the world exists. He spoke the world into existence. He gave man the actual same power. When he said, I give man dominion to be like like us in our image. He's saying like the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, man has that power to create. So when we say negative things and we let them go and those things negative, those things create things. Those create strongholds. Those create institutions that keep people down even subconsciously it builds it up it builds up walls it builds up prejudice it builds up biases and so you have to cut that down and that's why it's so dangerous this president is so dangerous because it's like the things he's saying is planting seeds for somebody to do something even more insidious because he's saying it and nobody's chopping it down it's growing in somebody somebody said you know what i can build that up i can build this up 
you know what, huh, that's not a bad idea. I can build that up. So, you know, it's very important that we understand that even not not just from a national level, but even from our home level, right? The things you say to your kids, the things you say to your wife, that builds things up and you have to be wary of that. And most certainly, obviously, when you're in the office of the presidency, you need to do that. But we see that he is a, a very immature man at, at you know, being, being very conservative there, very immature man. Uh, and so we have to make sure that that we are edu- or we we are telling our children and, and also ourselves that we rebuke these things that you say that are not true, and and, and unless we, we you, don't accept that, and unless you think they were lying, I think there's at least two, or or maybe even three individuals that have said they were inspired by Trump. I think one of them wanted to kill Democrats. Uh, one of them was like sending bombs to CNN and stuff. So. I mean, I know the conservative media kind of dismissed it, but he has influence on people if you believe the words of what those people said. And one last take, you said it in your first answer, like had they been holding up black power signs, you know, everybody would have been all over it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you remember, did the NFL apologize for Beyonce's performance when she when she did the whole Black Panther uh, salute and uh, I think they got in like the Malcolm X formation or whatever, the X formation uh, during halftime of the Super Bowl. Did the NFL apologize for that performance? <laughs> so there it is right there. You can't even say what Frank said is a hypothetical. Like we, we had, we have a real example of that. So that's that, man. Uh, I pay a, a somewhat short episode. Uh, so it looks like we may keep our word before we get out of here. Uh, I believe his name is Tim Ryan. And I guess he uh, commentates on the San Francisco 49er games. Uh, I know I, I've said this a few times. I no longer watch the NFL. I don't know if you have started back, but the 49ers are a good team. Uh, and they played the Baltimore Ravens who has a quarterback by the name of Lamar Jackson, who has been, doing quite well from the highlights I've seen in the stats stats and what people have been saying. Uh, Well, he beat this great team in the 49ers and Tim Ryan basically said that, Hey, you know, because of his dark skin, it's hard to tell who has the football because the football is dark. Lamar Jackson is dark and therefore he has an advantage. And so his employer suspended him. And I think he apologized or whatever for it. Um, is that liberal media, liberal people being too sensitive, or was that just an ignorant, dumb statement that should have never been said? I think I think it's. I mean, it's funny. So, so true, true, true disclosure. We have a another written website called FakeNewsSyndicate.com. I invite you guys to check that site out. We've written some articles over the years, um, and, and you can read some of those there. And I actually wrote an article called pigskin deep about this exact same thing so and it's funny because byron and i did not even talk about this before the show and so i i really cover a lot of this idea that the and i, and I think it's one of the quotes in the article i that that the let me see I, actually, actually let me just pull up the actual what one of the things about lamar jackson obviously i, I do not to answer your question i know i'm not watching the nfl currently i am following lamar jackson just because of his rise and, and everything about him. And, and one of the things I talk about the art in the article is 
his 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 the misconceptions about him not being a quarterback, not even some teams not even scouting him as a quarterback, um, which now is leading to some scouts potentially being fired down the line, which I talk about as well. But one of the quotes that really stood out, and thank God just for this, basically somewhere the the mobile the black mobile quarterback description is comes like this. There's a disclaimer that says Negroes that display exceptional athletic ability in the pocket may only have the mental capacity of an escape feral creature whose fight or flight reaction may lead to big plays, but never the cerebral heady play needed to master the position. And I want to get to the root of that because it's looked at like there is a mental deficiency in those who move and perform a certain way naturally as if it, it it takes away their mental capacity to do so oh they're just good at basketball or they're just good at this because they just you know they're just some lunk it's like granted there are some dumb jocks i'm sure of that but the idea that lamar jackson playing at the highest level of, of football and playing the the most difficult position doesn't protest doesn't also possess the mental aptitude and that somehow his dark skin and his jersey or 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 the manufactured yards that come in a zone read play it, it now now manufactures his success it just takes away from everything he is and everything he's been building himself up to he's a Heisman winner who set records nobody else has ever set and yet people still was like I don't know if he should be a quarterback maybe he should be a receiver I mean it's absurd and 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 he's he's now the MVP of the league. Not he's not just a good mobile quarterback or a good young black quarterback. He is now the MVP. So somewhere in there, you're trying to discredit him. And I think that's where Tim Ryan, even if he didn't do it on purpose, that is the part that we we talk about with our words of we don't accept things as what we see. We don't say, hey, Lamar Jackson is probably the best quarterback that we've seen play the position recently so we got to figure out a way why he's not because he's not he's not traditional he's not like Tom Brady like Peyton Manning or Drew Brees and he's not even traditional like uh, Mahomes where Mahomes because he's a probably just a more of a even though he's mobile like Lamar Jackson is a beast bro Lamar Jackson runs like Michael Vick and throws like Aaron Rodgers and people just couldn't believe it people just couldn't fathom that it was possible to happen they just figured it had to be one or the other and so they've just been talking around it and the truth is, this guy is amazing. This guy is is beyond anything in any sport, right? Because even when you think about somebody like LeBron, even though I love LeBron, I think he's great. It's just like, I mean, Lamar Jackson is doing things that people couldn't even imagine being done. Like, he's going to rush for well over a thousand yards. He's already done that. I mean, he's literally got a chance in year in future years to lead the league and touchdown passes and be top 10 in rushing. That's not even something you can even think about. Like, that's not even something to even consider. And and he's not taking big hits, too, right? He's also breaking the mold of being a mobile quarterback, not taking big hits. So, like I said, I think that Tim Ryan's comment is reflective of the misconceptions about the black athlete, about the black mind to to be um, just to be top notch to be at the to be at the highest to be like to say people say oh Lamar Jackson he's so dazzling he does the great schoolyard plays but nobody's gonna come and say Lamar Jackson's probably the smartest quarterback in the league like he probably he, like he might but he might be he might just be so when Lamar well my my first introduction to Lamar Jack Jackson as a Florida State fan was when he was at Louisville he shredded the, the Seminoles that game so that was my first introduction to him. And I remember when he got drafted into the league, 
former general manager Bill Polian was like he should be a wide receiver. He shouldn't be a quarterback. So I have been enjoying this season for Jackson because people like Bill Polian have to eat it. And to touch on what you mentioned, like people don't look at him as a quarterback. You know, SportsCenter put out there that he's now past Tom Brady, <laughs> excuse me, this year as a passer. And people recall that, that like he is nowhere near Lamar Jackson isn't a passer and it's nowhere close to Tom Brady. You got to remember Tom Brady's what, 40 years old now or however old he is now. He's old. He's not the quarter. Yeah. So he's not, the, he's not the quarterback he used to be. Lamar Jackson has a better completion percentage, yards per attempt, passing touchdowns, uh, interception to touchdown ratio, Rate, rate right. passer rating, first down rate. He's better. I mean, I mean, here, I mean here, 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 here's, a, here's a problem, right? So I, I used to watch a ton of football. I used to have a podcast, you know, doing all that stuff. My thing is this. Brady is the GOAT. He is. And, and historically, Jackson is not close to Tom Brady, historically, because Tom Brady's been doing it for way too long, right? But right now, yeah, exactly. okay, it's just like saying Giannis is better than LeBron. He's probably better now, but he ain't better than LeBron yet. Let's let's talk in ten years. I'm just saying, like, right. there, there's levels to this, right? But that doesn't mean that people can't ascend and take the throne, and doesn't and it doesn't dismiss what Brady's done. It's like young players come up and and, and and do their thing. And what I'm saying is, the reason why people recoil is because there's this thing of if they have to admit that Lamar Jackson is playing the best quarterback possible, they're like, then then the traditional way is sunk. I have a friend. Um, I, you know, and, and he said, man, the problem with people who are fundamentalist, traditionalists, when they when they when they admit that their ways are outdated, then they then they, they have no value. There's nothing to them. And so people are holding on to this thing that this pocket quarterback, cerebral pocket quarterback is the way. And I'm like, you can't tell me that Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson are not for the smartest quarterbacks in the league. I mean, they are. I mean, I'm not saying that Tom Brady isn't smart. I'm not saying that Drew Brees isn't smart. But to say that there's some line, it's like, when are we going to get to the point where we, we can admit that the the smartest player in the NFL is probably a black man? Like, we, we have a problem with that because that represents the quarterback. Like, we, I mean, people, people have pretty much written it off in the NBA, right, because the NBA has been a black league for so long, and, you know, um, there's really nothing to do with there. But it's like – you don't think that Lamar Jackson is is among the top players in IQ? Like you're missing, you're missing it. Like the RG three ran the read option, it got him nowhere. Like he had a few good games. Lamar Jackson is the making of a of a Hall of Fame player. This is unheard of. And and like I said, I'm I have I didn't I couldn't even predict it, what he's doing. But what I'm saying is let's not belittle it either. Just because we didn't see it coming doesn't mean we have to figure out why it's not happening. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Embrace it. And I don't know, it blows my mind. So, so I thought what Tim Ryan said was mostly, you know, I, I think what you said, you kind of kind of laid it out on on why what he said was ignorant. Uh, it didn't bother me that much, and I will say the NFL has had an issue with colors, like in the 1920s. I think they made them play night games with white footballs up until 1950 because of the color, but they may have they may have had more to do with the lighting in the stadiums now. But what makes what Tim Ryan says so ridiculous is, do you see this rush? Like, you still see resistant, resistance to get a black quarterback now. The league has been around for more than 100 years now. now, And there's still no rush to get, like, black quarterbacks. People are still resistant. 
They want them to be some type of scrambling athlete because they're not smart enough to be a passer and read defenses. So uh, if Lamar Jackson has an advantage because he's black, then I would think every NFL team would be going after them a black quarterback to get that advantage. But it was mostly humorous to me. I like the points you pointed out. And I also like what Lamar Jackson did because I don't think he spoke on it, but the very next game, he wore white white sleeves. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool, like a little a little silent uh, clap back for him, man. But uh, that's about it, man, that we got for this show. I want everybody to have their Christmas, have a happy new year and all that good stuff. Frank and I are going to definitely uh, be coming at you with more episodes in 2020. As I mentioned, we got an election coming up. The Democrats have to sort their things out from the caucuses to the primaries. I'm sure there'll be more debates. I think the field has dwindled down to six. It started out at like it was at 18 at one time. So we're getting down to having one candidate. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens and, you know, see what Trump has to say throughout this year. So just stick with us. We definitely going to hit you with uh, what you need to know. And as always, we thank you for listening. We always ask you to tune in. Frank said it's time for the show. Please rate, subscribe us on all types of uh, podcast platforms. So check us out, Politically Entertaining. Again, we love you guys. We thank you for listening. We thank you for the support you've given us over these um, the years that we've been doing the show. We, we, continue, we pray, um, God willing, we're going to continue to do more shows and, and give you more information that helps you uh, not just with politics, but with everything you do in life, um, because we got to do better and we will do better. So I thank you guys for listening. I love you guys. We'll see you very soon on another episode of Politically Entertaining. Thank you for listening to Politically Entertaining. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes and visit politicallyentertaining.com for the latest in political news and updates. Thank you.